Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to the Relatively Fit Podcast with me, Nat. And me, Vinny. 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 Ooh, ooh. posh. <laughs> Vinny. Last time I heard it was Vinny. Vinny. But, um, there we go. Vinny. Yeah. You'll get to know us anyway. Hello. So, Vinny, Vinay, why did we create this podcast? Why did we create this podcast? Well, let, let's take it back to the beginning, shall we? I think it was maybe about a year ago, you came to me with the idea of starting a podcast. Yeah. So Nat came to me with an idea of starting a podcast. And like, don't get me wrong, I thought it was a brilliant idea, but I'm the kind of person where like I'm either in it 100% or I'm not. True. And she came to me with this idea that, oh, we could do like this sister's podcast and everything. And I was just like... Great idea, but I'm not 100% in it. Stick a pin there. Stick a pin. Why? Right. I just have to say that (laughs) it's not a negative thing because I've come up with many ideas (laughs) over the years. (laughs) So she's not being negative to my brilliant idea. I've gone from everything from wanting to write a book to... I don't know climbing a mountain so I've got various ideas that I've come to my lovely sister with and she's been like oh yeah great yeah I'll support or we can do it together so yeah go ahead yeah I'm I feel like I am actually very encouraging but when it's me involving myself in something like I'm either in it fully or I'm not it's just the kind of person I am so Whilst I didn't like poo poo the idea, I just knew that I wasn't um, going to dedicate my time to it fully, which for something to be successful, like in whatever way you deem success to be, like you have to put not just 100% in it, but 110. Absolutely. Um, so the idea kind of died down. Um, and now we found ourselves through quarantine lockdown obviously now it's we're coming to like the tail end of it um and with that I guess we've all had so much time um we've been figuring things out we've been looking at our lives evaluating um we've been completely stripped of what we think life to be true um our perceptions I our ideas um and just what you want from it, basically. So the thought of this then came up again. And at a time where, like, you know, your voice and being heard is so important. And I say your voice, I mean that in terms of, like, your art, your creativity, anything. Like, it's so important. Um, And also just the fact that, I could be doing something with my sister again. I was like, you know what? Let's let's rehash this idea and let's make it a thing. So I then brought it up again and I was like, um, 
so that idea you had like a year ago, is it still a So thing? I'm like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which one of the millions? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we spoke about it and we decided that A, we're sisters. It'll be a nice thing to do together. Yeah. And B, we both share um, a passion for fitness, I guess. Um, And it's come into our lives for different reasons. Um, I now work in the fitness industry. So yeah, we just thought it would be a great way for us to share our voice, to share our experiences, to have honest conversations around our experiences and just have a laugh. Um, Whether or not people listen, I wouldn't go as far as saying I don't care Um, because it would be nice to know that like we're putting this out there and it reaches someone. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I just feel like without being all like mushy, but it's a nice thing to do with my big sis. Oh, <laughs> love you. <laughs> okay, hard body now. Enough of that, enough of that. Yeah, mushy, but, um, mushy. Yeah, so that's kind of like a very long-winded explanation of how we got to this point. Yeah. So yeah, now we're here and this is the podcast. Hope yeah. you enjoy. I think part of it as well to kind of tie it all together is that through this time of covid we've realized in so many ways apart from friends and family that we need the interaction and the closeness so much our health is our wealth Um, let's get money yeah yeah your health really is your wealth um and we believe that you can pretty much do anything in terms of fitness. You can dance, you can run, you can do pole dancing, anything that involves you moving your body. Because really, I've said it before, our health is our wealth. And fitness can be relative to you. So someone you know might want to run a marathon. You don't have to. You can literally walk around the park, walk your dog, or anything you feel to do, anything that fitness means to you, as long as you're moving your body and focusing on, you know, just improving yourself and having a good time, because whatever you do, it's something that you have to stick to for life. Because as I've said, your health is your wealth. Hashtag repetition for emphasis. (laughs) If you know. Yes. Just letting that sink in oh there, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So I think, I think maybe it'll be beneficial for those that are listening if we kind of delve into our stories a bit and just how we stepped into the fitness arena doing what we do. For sure. Um, do you want to go first? Oh, thanks. Age before beauty and that. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. We're taking it there. We're taking it there. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, what can I say? I was going to say I'm 40 plus, but let's just keep it real. I'm 44 years old. But she looks like she's 25. Oh, 
Like, Bless. not even joking. You got to like 30 and then I stopped counting your age. Like when people ask, oh, how old's your sister? I'm like, um, uh. <laughs> it's because I just stopped telling people after a while. I don't know. I, don't, I, I legit don't know how old you are. You're 46. Ah, 44. Oh, sorry. I'm not listening. You're 44. <laughs> well, I'm 44 and a mother of one. Uh. Oh, and um, really, I came to fitness in my 20s. Um, like most people, went to college and then on to uni, developed a lot of bad habits, but like they were what? hidden. Well, <sighs> eating a lot of junk. And when you go to uni, um, you interact with a lot of different people from different walks of life. I wasn't really a big drinker at that point. Um, a few shandies now and again, but, you know, nothing more than that. And going to uni, you've got the student union bar where, like, beers are, like, a pound, two pound. This is going back a couple of years now. <laughs> so, <laughs> going back, yeah, do the maths. I'm 44. Do the maths. Um, so I graduated in my early 20s and it all started when I bought my first car because I developed bad eating habits and was drinking quite a bit, but it was hidden by youth. So when you're in your 20s and even early 30s, you think you can get away with certain things, but time sort of taps you on the shoulder and says, uh-uh, you can't do that anymore. So leaving uni, I got my first full-time job and was standing on my feet all day. I was working in retail and I bought a car and literally that was the beginning of the end. I drove everywhere um, to the shops to see my friends. Where I used to walk, I just drove everywhere and I kind of noticed that the weight was coming on slowly, slowly. So I thought, I'll join a gym like everyone does, you know, January the 1st or 2nd. You know, you're the first one at the door ready to, you know, knock out your reps and get to it. So I did that. And like most people, by February, March, I wasn't really going again and paying sort of 15, 20 quid a month that was going to waste. So I did that for many years, like January the 1st. And that's kind of why I don't believe in New Year's resolutions I think if you're going to start, just get up in the morning, have your breakfast and start that day if you can. Um, so, yeah, I continued like that for many, many years. And I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention them, but I did go to some um, well-known we uh, weight loss centres. Um, and they worked for the most part. But then I'd get to my goal and I'd be like, woo -hoo, sexy back. And then the weight would come back on again because I was solely focusing on food rather than food and fitness and general wellness. So the years crept on and so did the weight and got married and everything, had my daughter and went for a scan and opened my notes and for the first time in my adult life I was just completely taken aback because it said on the notes that the fetus couldn't be seen due to the obesity of the mother 
So right? Yeah. For real? For real. So I opened oh my, my notes. How did that make you feel? Well, oh my this, goodness. This is where everything changed. So I say at that point. Because I wouldn't have said you were obese for goodness sake. Well, that's, I mean, obviously I'm not a specialist, but you know, I guess we'll get into talking about things about the BMI and things like that which I happen to think is outdated because it doesn't take for muscle tone or it doesn't yeah. account for any of that. Yeah. But I guess, you know, we can discuss that further down the line. But for this point, um, they said they couldn't see my baby. So I had to go back two weeks later for another scan, um, which showed my baby or the fetus quite clearly. And those words stuck with me. That's why I remember them to this day, almost seven years on. I remember them to this day that the fetus couldn't be seen due to the obesity of the mother. And I'm quite tall and I don't know, what does obesity look like? I didn't look a beast. I mean... We've got Jamaican parentage and we were in Jamaica <laughs> as sort of going off on a side note. And we were going on these rafters and I said to the guy, oh, let my <laughs> sister go on. Let my sister go on because she's all slim and toned and trim <laughs> and got it all snatched up and together. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go. Can I fit? And he said, you're all right, man. And I made a comment about my size and he said, no, you're all right. You're fluffy. So that kind of means you're not big, <laughs> big, big, and you're not small. You're kind of in the middle. So if you saw me, you'd just think I was probably medium build. So I went through my pregnancy and obviously you can't diet. And at a late stage, I developed gestational diabetes. So that was another knock in my confidence. Um... I was really upset about it and I was wondering how it would affect the baby. What's um, gestational diabetes, by the way? Um, Just for people that might not know. Right. So you develop that in pregnancy. I think it's like normal diabetes, but basically for pregnant women. So the symptoms of, the, you know, the high blood sugar is part of it um, because you have a glucose test to check for diabetes. So is it the same as if like you have to take medication or is it just a case of adjusting your diet? Well, mine was picked up quite late. Um, I've heard from my sister-in-law that now they actually do put you on a diet plan. But when I was pregnant like six and a half years ago, um, it was just monitoring your diet. And you kind of kept a chart because at the time they were like, well, you can't diet. And I thought, well, no, because my baby needs to grow. But you just need to watch what you eat and probably write it down. Mm. And then I used to have to take that in for them to look at and make adjustments to. Mm. And I'd also have to prick my finger, you know, like a lot of diabetics do to, you know, test my blood sugar level. Mm. And usually after pregnancy, um, you get tested again and it usually goes. But that is a warning sign that in later life, you've got to be careful because you developed it in pregnancy, obviously, because the baby kind of, 
you know, takes a lot of what you eat and everything. So it's kind of an indicator for later life that you could be prone to diabetes if your diet kind of remains the same. So after that, I had my baby. It was a difficult delivery, but I had my baby. And those words that was I it read... Was it Carnival Monday? Huh? Carnival Monday or Carnival... G- uh, no, what am I talking about? Carnival <laughs> Monday? Yeah. Or was it the Tuesday? Because I feel like when you had Nem, yeah. I had plans to go Carnival. I think it was a Monday. A, that year, I didn't go Carnival. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the, it was going to be the first year... I'm or the sorry. second year that I play costume. I was like very happy though. It's like my niece, like, yeah. my sister having her babies. So I was like very excited. It's but also like gift. sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Interrupted the plans. But due to um, the gestational diabetes, I was induced. So I did have some extra time. But because of the medical condition, they had to induce labour early. And, you know, uh, my blood pressure went up and it was, it was really a, it was a, a scary time. It was traumatic. Yes. Um, I can't lie, but I tend to try and be positive about it because it did affect me for a very long time. Mm. Um, because yeah, it was pretty scary. I mean, I lost consciousness. Um, I bled a lot and had an epidural and they kept topping it up and topping it up and then after I had my daughter I developed like really bad sciatica um and I almost had to drag my leg it you know it it was a traumatic period but I just focused on my baby but through all of that those words that I read on the notes really affected me and I thought, well, this isn't just about food. I need to take a holistic approach to this because I'm a mother now. So I'm not just doing this for me. I'm also doing it for my child. I've got to set a good example because she's coming into this from scratch. Boom, 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 boom. Da, 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 da. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't just about me. Um, and then I was wondering what to do, you know, if anybody's been on maternity leave, you know that you don't get a lot of money and, you know, getting the statutory maternity pay, it wasn't easy. Um, so I needed something cheap and or free to do because I was really determined to turn my life around. And at this point, my sister was running she was jumping. She was doing everything. Doing and I was the absolute most. She was doing the absolute <laughs> most. And I tell you, I was so, so, <laughs> get the tissues now. I oh, was no. so proud of oh. this girl. I was so proud mm. of her. It was wonderful. And, you know, just looking at her and her achievements. And I thought, you know what? She's inspired me so much. All I need is a pair of trainers and a good sports bra. So, Do you know, that's mad. Sorry to like cut you off. But yeah. Like, it's mad because like, you kind of do all these things and you don't even, you don't think about the domino effect. 
So even in you like doing what you're doing, like you have no idea how like it even might be affecting the Maya. Exactly. Sorry, can I use her name? Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes. But like, I'm going to copyright it though. So don't be taking my child's name. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful name. It is a beautiful name. (laughs) But like, like you have no idea like, maybe what it does for her, like seeing you get up early and like yes. going out for a long run on a Sunday, like you have no idea. Cause I'll be honest. I know, I know there was a period where you, you lot thought I was mad. I feel like my family thought I was mad because I was just doing. I can't most. lie. I can't lie. And this is, this is part, this is why I think this podcast is going to be great in my opinion, because we we're covering so many areas like truth be told we did think she was crazy but (laughs) deep inside I was like you know what go and get it go and get it because Mm. she was running with her crew she was running alone she was going abroad and she was really living her life and I was so so proud and on top of that a lot of the times when I'd look at the footage and the photos she was the only young woman of colour there. So that's another issue where I was so, so proud because she was representing, she was really representing. And I thought to myself, you know what? I need a bit of that. And so she was my inspiration. So stop it. I know, that's why I said, get the tissues ready, get the (laughs) tissues ready. So I went to the doctors, I got my checkup and they said, well... No, you can't do any physical exercise. Normally, I believe it's six weeks, but they said, give it some more time. And I was chomping at the bit. I was ready to go. Um, And they said, no, just take some time. And I had to sit down and think, yeah, your body's been through a lot. You've just Mm. like birthed a baby. Mm. So I took my time. I went for the appointment again. They gave me the all clear, bought my trainers and then got my sports bra in the sale backed up with a really old raggedy one I had in the drawer from ages ago (laughs) I had like four boobs because it didn't really fit too good but you know what you gotta do what you gotta do and it was like that thing that I said earlier on you get up you make your decision and you do it that day you're either all in or you're all out that's it all in (laughs) or all out so I would go with the baby in the buggy because this was sort of like approaching September, mid-September. The weather was still okay, still on maternity leave. So I would push her in the buggy and do a little jog, a little jog, a little jog. And, you know, I had a lot of encouragement from my sister and from my family to keep going. And my husband, you know, they were like, keep going. You can do this. You can do this. So I just kept doing it. And then one day I just thought, right, I'm going to sign up for a race. (laughs) And this is where it began. Yeah. So (laughs) I signed up for a race. I signed up for the, um, at the time it was the Vitality 10K. It was around London. Beautiful, um, scenic around London. And at that point, my daughter was nine months old because it was just before I went back to work and I ran 10k 
and I did it an, an hour. I came to watch you, didn't I? You did. Me and Andre. Yes. Sorry, I'm just baiting up my whole life on here. <laughs> Same you know all our name. peoples now, you, you know? know. all our peoples. Oh my gosh. But yes. <laughs> yeah. We um, came to watch you. You did. Yeah, and I my brother. That. And I think at that point, I was something like 16 stone. Um, And had, had a baby eight and a half, nine months before. I felt heavy. I felt uncomfortable. I ran for the NSPCC. I ordered the largest charity size t-shirt I could. It didn't fit. It kept riding up. I was uncomfortable, but I did it. I did it. And the sense of achievement that that gave me I just don't know. My friends. Yeah. Mm. And I just wanted to replicate that feeling and I just wanted to get better and better. I was eating better. But I have to say to you, I mean, you know, this is about honesty. And I did have a Five Guys burger and chips afterwards because I'd earned it. Listen, you eat what you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. But prior within to that. Within reason, obviously. Within reason, obviously. But prior to that, I was eating right. I was sleeping right. I was doing everything. And as I said, at the end of that race, I just wanted to replicate that feeling. And basically I did. I just kept going. I ended up losing about two and a half, almost three stone. But I mean, this isn't a weight loss journey, but it's part of it. Um, I felt so much better much more confident and when my weight started to plateau it didn't even bother me because I transcended from transcended transcended from wanting to lose weight to wanting to be stronger and fitter and faster so, so it's almost like as you as kind of like your body was changing it's mm. almost like your intentions for even just moving was changing as well absolutely because I mean I didn't have to do all of that I could have found other ways I could have swam I could have I don't know so what was it about running specifically then you me <laughs> yes as I said you yes as I said oh. you were my inspiration because we'd talk on the phone and I missed you, you know, you would come round and see your niece and spend yeah. time with me. Aww. And then you'd phone me up and you're like, right, I'm going to Shanghai. I'm doing a race in Shanghai. <laughs> right, I'm going to New York. Right, I'm in South Africa. Do you want to see my hotel room? And I was like, what? <laughs> I'd say what now? <laughs> <laughs> this little shy girl has turned into... Proper shy. Yes has turned into a fantastic, you know, a fantastic person, runner and very inspirational. And like you were saying, you don't know who you're inspiring. I mean, you were living your life, but I was watching you mm. at first thinking you were crazy and then actually getting with it and saying, you know what, I could get some of this. I could get some of the crazy. And I did. And, um, so yeah, literally you were the inspiration. Oh, thanks sis. And, oh, you're welcome. And basically it's brought me up to the present day where I like to run, I like to keep fit. Um, my weight isn't necessarily a huge issue. Being fit, 
over 40 is an issue and being a good example to my daughter is an issue and also inspiring whoever is listening to this because you know if you're overweight or if you don't think you can do things you can do them um and I guess we're going to get into the things that you can do in later podcasts because obviously we don't want to chuck it all out there now <laughs> you know you want we want you to come back and spend time with us so you know we're going to be discussing a lot of things in a lot of areas and trying new things and um yeah putting it out to people on what they suggest we try in the future so yeah that's me from six and a half seven years ago up to the present day so so you started off obviously with a 10k yes how is that <laughs> how has that progressed now like what have you done since that 10k or what has doing that 10k made you feel like okay well I've done a 10k now what else can I do because that's how I guess that's how it was for me I was kind yeah because like, my first race was a 10k well it was a 5k actually it was do you a remember? 5k yes um but solo, as in without you, it was a 10K. Yeah. And again, in crossing that finish line and being like, oh my God, like... What did I just do? What did I just do? Oh my God, I actually did that. Oh my God, what else can I do? And then it gets really exciting. So yeah. What, how did that progress for you then? Well, as you said, you know, you come over the finish line and you're like, did I just do that? And um, yeah, after I had my daughter at that time the achievement was unreal. Um, not only had I birthed a baby um, eight and a half, nine months before, I'd run a 10K and I was just like, this is amazing. Um, so after that, I wanted to replicate that feeling. So I was literally wanting to progress and get better at running. So I did it the, the conventional way. I did 10Ks. Then I did a half marathon and then I Which thought... Which was what? Was it Manchester? It was. Oh my God, And yeah. we ran it together. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh my gosh. The girls went up to Manchester. Yeah. yeah. Manchester. Um, my first half marathon in 2013, I believe it was. And again, the feeling was still there. I didn't think I never want to do this again. Um, I was tired. It hurt. And I was like, oh my goodness. But I was like, yeah, when's the next race? You know, I'm spending all my money on race fees. So from a half marathon, I thought, well, the marathon is the pinnacle. It's kind of the ultimate. And people say, you know, you'll do it once and then you might not do it again. Or you'll do it once and you'll want to do it again several times. So I'm in the latter group. I did my first marathon um, a world major in Germany and <laughs> it was awful <laughs> <laughs> it hurt but why? so much why? why was it awful it hurt so much I mean one thing I say you've got to respect whatever you're doing if you're a weightlifter you've got to respect the weights if you're a pole dancer, you've got to respect the pole and your body and the way you yeah. handle yourself. Mm. If you're a dancer, again, you've got to respect your body and the space that you're moving through. Mm. And when you're doing a marathon, you've got respect to respect the, the distance, distance. <laughs> baby girl. 
you've got to it's, respect it's the distance. It's definitely not one that you can just wing. Or yeah. if you wing it, you're absolutely insane in your head. Yes. Andre, where's talking to you? <laughs> Andre. <laughs> you lot know our people. Um, but yeah, because I was like... Oh yeah, half marathon. It's just it's like just a half double. marathon you times can do two. It again. Exactly. It no. isn't like at mile 19, I was like, what is this mess? And I was hungry. And again, Vinny comes to the rescue with a chicken burger. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at like mile 19, 20, eating a chicken burger feeling like my undercarriage is going to fall oh my out. God. Like, well, <laughs> as I said, it's about honesty, you know, because there's so many things that people don't tell you. They're like, yeah, my first marathon. Oh, it's wonderful. It no, hurts. It, wasn't. it hurt. And on top of that, because I'd done all the training and I'd done everything quote unquote right. But when it comes to the day, additional factors can completely throw you off listen, your game. Listen. So you can do all the training. You can have all the nutrition. You can have all the gear. And then it can all fall apart. Um, so the night before the race. So we'd f- flown out to Germany and, you know, we'd gone out, had a good time gone to some exhibitions and as my sister had been out to Germany she had a lot of friends out there and we went to a couple of parties and everything and the night before the race I get a call from home back in London saying that my daughter was ill so I'm thinking I've got to get a flight home I don't know what to do I'm crying and my mum's called the ambulance and my daughter's having breathing difficulties. Um, so I spoke to one of the ambulance crew and they were really good. They said, yeah, we hear you're in Germany and you're going to run a marathon tomorrow. And I'm on the phone going, yeah, should I come home? And they were like, no, don't come home. You know, she's, we think she's got a little viral infection. We're going to take her in and then you can call in the morning and see what's going on. So I did call in the morning, spoke to the paediatrician and she said, yeah, she's perked up no end. She's fine. Don't worry. But I had all of that on my mind. I mean, I'm in Germany. My daughter's at home and I'm going out of my mind. You know, it was difficult. So, as I said, I'd followed the training plan. I'd done everything right. And then an additional factor of my daughter being ill really just messed with my mind and I cried a lot in that race and it hurt a lot and when I got to the end I just wanted to get on the phone and speak to my daughter and make sure she was all right so I spoke to the paediatrician and she was like I hear you're in Germany no you don't need to come home go and do your race it's absolutely fine your daughter's fine do you want to speak to her so, of course, I'm trying to hold it together. I'm um, in floods of tears. And she's like, hi, mummy. I'm like, you okay, baby? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. So, um, yeah, went ahead and did the race. And people were kind of cheering me on, saying, come on, because you've got your name on your race, bib. Come on, Natalie, you can do it. And it really was the crowd that got me through. And at the end... 
I just phoned home and was just like, I did this for you, baby. I did this for you. And, you know, I thought to myself, I've got to do this again. Redemption, redemption. (laughs) So I thought at the time that, you know, I've got something to prove, but I actually enjoyed the experience. Mm. So I just kept doing it. So today I've done three four marathons four three you done berlin yeah you done new york yeah it's loch ness loch ness oh my day that was tough the hills she's beating my marathon tally i've done two <laughs> what i've done two and it was the same one and i don't want to do it again okay um yeah and I've also kind of done like an ultra relay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a madness. And I think we should speak about that another time. <laughs> Let's just say she got the bug. Yeah. And then decided to sign up to all these things that she didn't really understand what they were. Of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't understand what it was. No. And turned up solo. And people was looking at her like she was mad. Yeah. Because everyone else was in a team. Yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Yeah, for another day, I think. <laughs> because you're going to have to turn the sound down because the jokes will be a plenty, honestly. So, yeah, that brings me up to the current day. Um, At the moment, we've just heard the news that the London Marathon is moved to October um, 2021 and I'd got through to the ballot for that after trying for many years so that would have been my fourth marathon because basically what Nat isn't saying is that she's trying to do all the world majors basically so that is it is Germany tick New York tick Chicago. That would have been a tick, but Corona. Yes. London. That would have been a tick, but Corona. Tokyo. TBC. Boston. (laughs) Good for age. (laughs) Boston, you know what? I'm getting that medal when I'm 75 because the qualifying time for that is a madness in itself. So... (laughs) I mean, anything's possible, isn't it? Anything's possible if you only believe. Um, and my belief has carried me this far. So on that note, it's over to you, Miss Vinay. Vinay. So Vinay. who are you? And um, tell us about yourself. My government name is actually <laughs> Venetia. <laughs> you criminal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, who started calling me Vinny first? Uncle Denver. Oh my God, I'm just baiting up everybody. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, really? Yeah, used to call me Vin. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then it caught on a little bit in school. I mean, I go by all sorts of names. Niche. Yeah. Vinny. What else? Pussycat. Pussycat. Oh my God. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in years. Pussycat. Yeah. Um, you stamped that one out. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, my journey started... Well, to be fair, I was I was one of those really annoying girls in school that just loved to just run around and 
if the PE teacher was like, right, we're doing cross country, I'll be like, hell yeah. And everyone's like, no. Like, <laughs> I was just very, very weird like that. I loved running. Um, <clears throat> I always used to come first in like races and stuff. I have to say um, that's true because when she was little, I used to go to her sports day. <laughs> And she was just so on it. Like when it comes to like the beanbag throw, you know, everyone's just I went doing playing. a little whoop. I went playing. I was there to win. And she was there to win. Yes, I'm quiet. Yes, I'm shy. But when it comes to competition, don't ramp with me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so you're getting to see the personality. Yes. Now. You are. <clears throat> anyway. Yes. Um, so yeah, like I used to, um, we used to have this thing called like Borough Sports where like they used to take like the children like if you was like a, a top performer in like a certain distance or whatever and you'd like um compete for your school and all that stuff like I used to do all of that and it was it was just fun to me like I could do it I was good like it was just fun mm. um and then it kind of got to like school leavers age college and you know obviously PE and stuff like that is is you know you don't have to do it it's not compulsory um so I, I kind of stopped my active lifestyle kind of it kind of dwindled a mm. bit. Um, but I was like, because of that, I was like, okay, let me make the effort to like, you know, go to the gym and just do the active thing, what you think you're supposed to do. I don't really know what I was doing in the gym. It was kind of like a youth club, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I won't tell you what gym it is, but obviously you not know where I live and you know yeah. what gym it was going to be. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like the gym where like, Mandem will just go and like do their thing in the corner and then the girls will come and then it would be like youth club. Oh, what's your number? Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't really remember working out much. I just remember like guys, a lot of guys talking to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> fast forwarding, I kind of got into um, running how hardcore in 2011 um so 2011 it was the year that dad was diagnosed with cancer yeah um so that was in itself was like mind-blowing like it literally just shocked the whole family yeah I was in I think I was in my second year of uni going into my third um so at the time I was like interning had a part-time job and um, and was at uni as well. Um, and then we got like the word that he was terminal. Mm. So even more, I was just like, I fell into this hole where I was just like, what is this life? I don't understand. Like only people on telly get cancer and die. Like yeah. that doesn't happen to my dad. Like what the fuck, mm. honestly? So I I was in a very, very dark place. Like even thinking about it now, I'm just like, oh my God, V. Yeah. You were in a dark place. So when you think about it, I was like, uh, that was like my early 20s. Like I was still pretty young. Yeah, you were. When that all happened. Um, and the kind of only thing that, bought me some kind of normality or just gave me space was to just pound pavement like mm. literally just put my trainers on and go out and I'd do that on my own 
I'd like just go around the block or just go down the park or down the common. And um, that went on for a while. That went on for a while. So this is like hitting maybe September of 2011. So that helped you cope? Yeah, it was it was my way of like working through my emotions, I think. Yeah. Um and it was just a bit of an outlet for me. Like I'd go on a run and I'd literally run and cry at the same time. Mm. Like I'd say I'd say things like I, it was it was almost like a conversation. Me and running was like a conversation. Yeah. I'd be asking questions, I'd be saying things. I weren't getting any answers back, but at the time it felt like a conversation. Um, so yeah, that same year and around that same time, I met Nathaniel, good friend of mine now. Um, and he saw that I was running a lot. Um, I'm not sure if he actually knew what was going on at the time, but he, he knew that I was running a lot and he was like, ah, oh, do you want to come down to this thing? Um, like we run and stuff and there's like a few young people in that. And I was like, yeah, whatever, like, I'll come in it, like, it's fine. It's all the way in East London, in Shoreditch, and I was just like, oh, long, but whatever, I'll go. So he met me, and we went, and this thing happened to be a run dem crew. Boop, 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 boop. Da, 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 da. If Pick you don't yourself. know, like, where have you been? You've literally been living under a rock if you don't know run dem. So they're the people that go to is it mile 21 at the marathon mm-hmm. and just make up noise mm-hmm. for everybody mm-hmm. love it yeah get to know um so i went down and i i met the founder charlie and i just remember looking at this man and just being like you're one of them really annoying youth workers that just <laughs> love to chat like just stop talking like obviously I was at like a really bad time in my life yeah. right so everything was just horrendous I just hated everyone and everything yeah. and I just remember looking at Charlie and just saying in my head just stop talking I want to run I didn't mm. come here to listen to you yeah. ramble can I run <laughs> yeah but anyway so we went for a run and it was like it was nice and got talking to a few people um and I went a couple times and then I didn't go back for the rest of that year. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Is it cathartic? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't go back because the situation with dad had got obviously like really serious and he needed us around. And like literally with all that I had going on, there wasn't much time to do anything else. And that's why running became important because the little time that I did have, I used it to run um, and to have that like emotional outlet. Yeah. Um, And then obviously he passed away at the end of 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, So then moving into 2012, like it was, I'm now in my final year of uni. So like, obviously if you've been to uni, you know, that's like the busiest, the busiest year there is like writing your dissertation and, coming up with your final project and all of that stuff and yeah just having to deal with all of that along with like losing a parent was just so hard it was really really hard and literally the only thing that I could do 
It sounds very dramatic, I know, but the only thing I could do to keep me alive was to run. It's not dramatic at all. Literally. Um, So I just ran and I ran and I ran Mm. and I ran and I ran and I ran and I I went back to Rundem. Um, and I was invited to be on like their youth project. And again, I was just like, Charlie, stop talking. I don't understand why you want us to do some creative thing for a magazine. I don't understand. I don't understand. All I wanted to do was just run this 10K. But um, we, yeah, so we obviously planned to run the British 10K that year, which was 2012, July, I think. Um, I think. Um, but yeah, so I, I lined up at the start line. I remember it being like really, really wet. It was raining and I I told my family about this Mm -hmm. and I really wanted their support. I really wanted to see them and have them there (laughs) and none of them turned up. The only person that turned up was Andre. None of them turned up. But anyway. I can't remember what happened. It was because it was raining. No one wanted to come out in the rain. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Okay, thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember running it. Um, I started off with Eliza and Bangs. And we were running. And I'd never run a race like that before. Seeing, like, so many people that were just, like they obviously didn't know me from Adam but they were just so supportive like yeah. cheering and stuff like that and it just made me feel so good probably the best that I felt that year it made me feel really really good um and a 10k I know like now that we've completed like a half marathon and a marathon and a 10k kind of mm. feels like oh like it's fine it's like it's only a short way mm. but at this time it felt like forever yeah. and like getting to like the last couple miles it was like such a battle like yeah. you really have to speak to yourself and I remember saying just do it for dad just do it for dad oh my god I'm getting emotional oh, oh. <laughs> yeah oh, I remember just saying that yeah and then crossing the finish line and just being like oh my god you did it like yeah you did it and it was it was a feeling that a I'd never felt and a feeling mm. that felt so good after like being through so much shit. Yeah. Like it felt so good. So good. And yeah, I guess that was just like the matchstick spark to like all the other things that I then decided to do. Cause that, I think it was that same year that I was like, I'm just going to go Amsterdam yeah. and, and run <laughs> yeah. this half marathon in Amsterdam. Like I've never been to Amsterdam before. Yeah. I'd now like, um, like, you know, built relationships within Rundem and like friendships and stuff like that. And they were going. So like, heck I can go too. Like it just made me feel like I was a part of something. And I had people around me that like really cared about me yeah, and just wanted to see me win. And after like such a shitty time, like that meant so much to me. And especially, I'm sorry guys, especially when like your family didn't really understand what the hell was going on. <laughs> it was just nice to have people that yeah. kind of got it. Yeah. You know, um, like no shade to you lot. Cause I know you thought I was mad. I know you thought I was losing the plot. Um, <laughs> but, but we yeah. eventually realised 
that it was helping it you. was helping me yeah because when people are grieving we grieve in different ways some people do it quietly some people do it you know quite publicly and your one was very private and sometimes it's hard to know how to approach someone with that yeah so we left it alone in the sense that we knew that you were safe mm. we knew that running was doing something for you we didn't understand it of course I understand it now mm. but physically moving your body was also helping your mind and also healing your heart in 100%. a way so 100% we stood back but we knew um and look at you now look at how far it's brought you yeah it started off with that 110k and kind of like morphed into running half marathons and then marathons um i, I can't even remember how many half marathons i've done but it's it's around the 20 20 plus number um and I've done two marathons, both London Marathon. Um, would I do another one? I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, just not London. <laughs> I've done it twice now. Um, and I'd want to take that experience to another place, another location. It is, it is wild, like, looking back on the journey. Mm. It started from that one race. Um but yeah, it's taken me like all around the world. Um, I've met some incredible people and it just kind of broadened my horizons as to all the things that you can do with your body. Um, and then I started like lifting weights and then I stumbled across pole dancing and now I'm actually working in the fitness industry as an instructor. So what kind of instruction do you do <laughs> for the audience? <laughs> so primarily group fitness. Um, I'm a ride instructor, so indoor cycling and a pole dance instructor as well. Um, big up yourself. Big up. Um, seem to be PT, but you know, Corona kind of halted that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's literally a part of my life the same way getting up to brush your teeth is well for some people I don't know for them because their breath be stinking <laughs> in the morning when you're in a pack out tube and I, I know I haven't been on a tube since what? like March but like yeah <laughs> I brush my teeth every single day and every single night brush because your teeth. you have to and mm. if you want good teeth you have to well it's part but of self-care like, isn't it it's something and this is exactly you have to what do. like fitness for me is like mm. it's you know I'd be lying to say that you know I don't I don't lift weights to you know have like a great shape and all of this stuff because that would be a lie like obviously part of it is for aesthetics mm. um but it's not a hundred percent the reason why um it's more than that for me mm. it's so significant in me kind of just being healthy in my mind as well as in my body and it's like they go hand in hand absolutely One, when one's off it affects the other and vice versa yeah 
Um, so yeah, it's really important to me. Um, I'm very passionate about it. And it's funny, like I, I often don't realise how passionate I am about it because it's it's kind of normal to me. Yeah. It's only until I, I start speaking about it or when people ask me questions and I realise what I'm saying, I'm like, rah, like you're like living and breathing this thing. Like it's, it's yeah. not, it's not a fad. Like it's not just something that I'm jumping on a bandwagon. Like, and like, that's the thing it's I very important to me. Yeah. Cause I do notice it's like, it's not like you take off your, your work uniform, which consists of leggings and a crop top. <laughs> you don't just take it off. <laughs> and then that's that part of your job over. Mm. I mean, yes, you may physically take it off and have a shower, but it's actually, part of you what you do is an extension you know of your life basically yeah so it's not like you come home strip off get in the shower and then you're another person or you're yourself you actually live it and breathe it mm. and you know it's it's a good thing it's a good thing but yeah that's that's kind of like my story and like how I was introduced into like the fitness world and that kind of thing. So yeah. I've got a question for you, Nat. Okay. Um, have you got any fitness goals for the rest of this year or for the near future? Well, the Rona. <laughs> the Rona has done wonders for my running in terms of time where at the beginning of the pandemic, we were allowed to go out for an hour a day to exercise. So I took full advantage of that and I was literally running every other day. So that gave me physical strength, but being over 40 now, bone health and muscle health and strength is really important. So I was considering, considering um, lifting weights. I don't really have any at home and I tried to order some, but, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say where you get them from a well-known retailer where you can get everything from clothes to, I don't know, computer software. Um, I was going to hit them up for some, for more kettlebells and some more weights, but I think every man and his dog had the same idea because of the mm -hmm. Rona, because people couldn't go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get any resistance bands. I couldn't get any weights. So I just kind of had to, you know, do what I had to do in the house, some strength work or some YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So now that um, gyms are open, I'm considering joining a gym just to be able to lift weights because... I can run, but I feel I need to be strong. Strength is a thing. And especially, as I said, for my age, I need to start thinking about, you know, muscle tone and bone health. So really, my goal for the rest of the year was just to, you know, get strong Um I do use a kettlebell, but I think I need to push a little bit further. 
and probably get some instruction because obviously do you know what that was about to be my next question I was, okay I was gonna um ask you if you consider getting like a PT or like extra help in your training somewhere are you offering your services? No, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as you know, you've seen me and my form tends to be a little on the sloppy side. Ooh, so, yeah, I know it's shocking. <laughs> so, it's something that I need to invest in. I mean, you go and get your nails done, you invest in that. You get your hair done, you invest in that. So, I really want to invest in myself, in my health and my strength. So my goal was possibly to get a PT to help me with my form and how to do things in a safe way. So, yeah, that's uh, one of my goals for the rest of the year. Anything you want to ask me? Um, yes, your pole dancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're probably going to speak about this at another time. But what types of people come to your classes? Because I'm thinking it's a bit like yoga where everyone's like a bendy wendy and they're all like size eight and they can shimmy up a pole, you know. We can confirm that is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Maury (laughs) says you are not the father. (laughs) It's a damn lie. Is it? And I mean, like, I guess, I guess maybe that's why like, um, that can be a barrier for like a lot of people with all types of exercise, be it yoga, be it all them things there. Because True. all they see is like bendy wendy, skinny yeah. mini, crop top here. Absolutely. Blah, blah there. Um, but all types of people. Um, my oldest client was 50 something or 60 something. Okay, wow. Um, retired grandma. Grandma? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what are you doing on Saturday grandma <laughs> oh I'm going to my pole class say <laughs> <So> what now <laughs> um, I've had men I've had women men doing pole classes absolutely really absolutely wow um, we need to speak more about I've this I've had small people and I've had larger people um, yeah it's, it's a range of people and I guess it's, it is it is one of those things where like a lot of a lot of people, you know, message me and they're like, oh, like, I want you to teach me pole, but I, I want to lose weight first. Mm. And I totally like understand why they'd feel like that, because I guess from what they've seen. Yeah, it's a certain type of body or a certain type of person. Absolutely. Because if I didn't know you. I would have been of that opinion mm. that everybody is a kind of like size 8 to 12, very mm. slim, very agile. I wouldn't have thought that, say, grandma of 50 plus yeah. would be doing a pole class. Yeah, Representation matters, people. A topic for another day. A topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I think think that's it yeah so now you've got to know us a bit um i hope you like what we've got to say and will join us again soon so stay connected and join the conversation yeah follow us on instagram instagram plug (laughs) (laughs) it's at relatively fit pod or our personals are she doesn't know (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm looking at her. She's looking at me like, Bambi, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Help me, help me. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, Wear your sister out. <laughs> It will be in the show notes, but mine is at Vinnie Narell, N-A-R-E-L-L-E. She's the professional one. Can you tell? <laughs> oh my God, this has been so much fun. Yeah, it has been. Um, If you have tuned in and have got all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.